0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 102. Club football is back. We're back for another episode. Matt Santangelo isn't with us, but my good friend Pepperisha is. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, that we will introduce
1: in just a second. But, Pet, how are you? I'm okay, man. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, football's gone crazy. Messi's going to PSG. Lukaku is going to Chelsea for £100 mm. billion. Pounds. So, yeah, no, all good apart from. My club Arsenal aren't doing much in yeah, a transfer window, it doesn't seem so. Just selling a promising academy player, and that's about it at the moment.
0: just feels redundant at this point at the start of every episode for you, isn't it? Just yeah, about pretty much. I'm
1: awesome. kind of feeling to just kind of sack it off for about six weeks and then come back and maybe things will be in a better place. And if they're not, then I just kind of continue ceasing to be on the podcast. So. Uh, do
0: you anticipate it being sooner if Arteta gets
1: sacked? Um <laughs> i don't know mate let's yeah, see let's no, see no. it's a hard start anything's possible
0: uh not the greatest preseason for for the gunners but uh we'll get into all that but we have tom skulls as our guest from talk sport no relation
1: uh, to the actual you know Paul skulls
0: to who's who is by all accounts no the greatest midfielder of all time depending on oh, yeah. who you talk to in your side of the world um but tom how are you
2: uh i am i'm very good thank you it was a pleasure to have me to be on this as well um i did just a little note I did used to tell people that I was related to Paul skulls mm. and they they believed it for the longest time so um <laughs> i I would always have that one so but i'm not as far as i'm aware i'm not related to him and you can <laughs> if you play football you can tell that i'm not related to him but i i'm i've listened to this pod many times and i'm happy to be a part of it. And I think it's a quiet week to
1: start off on. <laughs> well, I was saying, Tom, like, I, do you know what? I didn't really ask you or message you with the thought of this being the perfect guest ever. I was like, you know, first game week of French football coming back. We should get someone, you know, who knows his French football, because that would be predominantly what we talk about. And a bit of transfer news because, you know, we'd already talked about Kane. We talked about Lukaku. But out of nowhere, Lionel Messi decides he's going to leave the day after we release our last episode we'd already booked you on he's going to psg you're a france football expert you're also a spurs fan and i guess the second biggest story in world football is whether or not harry Kay will stay at tottenham so we've got you on the perfect perfect week and i guess there's only one place to start isn't there martino the biggest transfer in sporting history
0: um well, if you ask people from where I'm from, they they don't think it's that big at all because uh, they're just a bunch of idiots. So, but um, that's but that's it. Of course, this. Has I mean, to. I saw
1: Shannon Sharp's tweets. The first thing I, I woke up to was. Do you know what? You know
0: thing. what? You know what? The real sad thing is though, because it was a legitimate question for someone who's ignorant to the yeah, sport, absolutely. right? Right. But come on, it's it's literally the biggest rivalry of two players that's ever existed. And that's oh. it's just you're living under a rock if you never saw it, if you cover sports. And the funniest part was and before we get to the whole topic about the transfer is this. And this is just for all our UK listeners and everyone else that lives outside America and doesn't know about the show undisputed that he does with Skip Bayless, who's a notorious LeBron James hater, is that what they do is. He was saying that his show, there's so much focus groups and, and and prep going into it and research. All they talk about on that goddamn show is about goat debates. So whatever you see with these 18, not, they're not even 18 year olds on Twitter, where they just keep replying to Fabrizio Romano saying Pessi and Pinaldo back and forth. <laughs> That's what they do, except they're grown men professionals
1: who get paid millions. But um, I digress about that. Um, by far the biggest, right? Um and and the thing is, right, like, a mm-hmm. lot of people would say Magic and Bird. And I actually think Magic and Bird would have been it if Michael Georgian didn't exist. Like, if he didn't come along no, and become the best of all time. Like, that was an amazing rivalry, they, right? they
0: were They were more important to their sport than Messi yeah. and Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which sure. is
1: not a slight on Messi and Ronaldo. It's just
0: football's the biggest sport in the world prior Basket to the both of nowhere. them. Um, it wasn't. It Like, it was going down in the gutter, and they both saved it. Um, and, yeah. But the difference is, like, Michael Jordan put it on a global scale. and then, But that's a, that's a separate thing. But, yeah, Tom, I mean, this, this right here, and, I mean, you could agree with it. You can ask anyone. And if there was ever a player that we would just sit there and say, hey, a lot of players don't feel that sort of loyalty anymore and stay with one club throughout their entire career. But everyone would say, okay, at least Messi's going to be the last one to do that that's going to be the guy, if it's going to be anyone to, to stay with an entire club from youth level all the way to the end of their career. turns out it's probably going to be Sergio Busquets over him. But I mean, (laughs) this is, it's massive because even last year we're like, Oh no, they'll probably figure this out and get this resolved by, by that time. And, and, you know, it'll be fine. And it'll stay at Barcelona, but it was looking like that until last week, like Pet was mentioning. I mean, On a scale of 1 to 10, how stunned were you that despite all of our beliefs that he would stay, that he's actually in Paris and going to play for PSG next season?
2: I would probably put it at like a – I'd probably put it at an 8 because the only two numbers, the reason why there's not a 10, is because technically he was out of contract. Well, I say technically, he was out of contract. He wasn't a Barcelona player. So there was always that chance of he might go somewhere else. It's not completely done. He might go. But for the longest time and throughout the whole summer, there was always that kind of, if Barcelona can find a way to get this deal done, they will do it. They will find whatever pennies they can find down the back of the sofa to give to Messi and to make sure that they are compliant to La Liga and FFP rules and just make sure that he stays at the club. Because like you said, there was, you know, we've seen Cristiano Ronaldo move from club to club. We've seen some other great players move from club to club, but there was something different about Messi's association with Barcelona. And what Mm. I don't think people kind of realised at the time was how bad state Barcelona were in financially and it wasn't until like, all the fallout from his him announcing that he was going was when people kind of like figured out and read that if he had played for nothing, if he had played for free, which isn't legally possible, but hypothetically <laughs> if he had done, <laughs> yeah. they would still be over the La Liga salary cap. Uh-huh. So you kind of go that's when I think the light bulb went off for a lot of people when they were like Oh, this this can actually happen. This isn't brinksmanship. This isn't Barcelona stiff arming La Liga to kind of over this CVC nonsense. This is this is legit. He could go, and then the news kind of like kind of spiraled out of control at that point. Where you know I saw him linked with Manchester City minutes after they announced Jack Grealish for hundred million pounds, a British transfer <laughs> record. I saw him linked with Paris Saint-Germain immediately because logically when a player like that comes available for, or on a free transfer, not for nothing, but on a free transfer, they are the two clubs who have got seemingly unlimited wealth behind them. So they were the two clubs that were linked immediately. I saw Chelsea, Atletico Madrid, Inter Miami, Tottenham. Just a pause for laughs on that one, and then, <laughs> and then as, as time goes on, you see the links to Paris Saint-Germain, and then you kind of like realise that he's got Neymar there. It's it's a lovely city, you know. Not to not to say anything bad about any of the other places, but Paris is a lovely place to live if you're Lionel or Messi on or whatever contract he could have got. Um, but he's got you would probably look at it, and if you take all the off-field things related to Paris Saint-Germain and the ownership to one side, you look at it and go they are probably one of two teams who are the favourites to win the Champions League, given the team they they had already assembled across the summer. So you look at it from a sporting point of view, and yes, it might not be romantic, but from a purely sporting point of view, Mm. there was one of two clubs he could have realistically joined that give him the best chance to not only win the Champions League, but to win the Ballon d'Or. Because I think now, if he puts in a good couple of performances for Paris Saint-Germain before uh, the the voting closes, whenever that Mm. may be, I think, might be one of the favourites. And the two there.
0: main competitors are his teammates.
2: Exactly. You go Neymar, yeah, he'd probably be in there. Mbappe, he'd be in the conversation. You'd look at some of the players that won Euro 2020 with Italy, Donnarumma, his teammate, Jorginho. Defensive midfielders don't seem to win it. <laughs> That's um, seething right now. <laughs> don't. I, it's taken me a couple of weeks to fully get over it. And Marco Verratti is my favourite player. But for that night, for that night, he was, mm, no. No, I couldn't look at him, but <laughs> I think there was there was there was the look of realistically, Paris Saint-Germain at the best place for him because yeah. let's be real: if you're the best per, if you're the best in the world at what you do, you want to be paid accordingly. Of course, two pla- two places would have done that: Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain. Manchester City bought Jack Grealish, which I kind of feel was if they knew Messi was on the market, Jack Grealish would still be an Aston Villa player. Mm-hmm. But they'd already done that and that realistically left one place open. So by the end of it, it kind of gone, ah, yeah, that makes sense now. When the initial reaction was, oh, my God, he's actually leaving. Because you never thought it. You never thought he would do it. And if he ever did leave, you would kind of go, oh, it'll be to Newell's in Argentina real white Mm. man's career, and it'll be that kind of thing. But you never... I don't think there was ever that realistic part of people just went, yeah, he'll go. But I don't think there was ever that.
0: So for... For me with this is I I just looking a little bit further down the road, even into next season, because it has to do with one of his new teammates. And in that video that uh, PSG just posted minutes prior to us recording you, if you pause the video at a certain point, you see Mbappe's jersey still hung up and then Neymar's jersey is on the left. And then obviously where Messi's jersey would go in the center. Does, do, do you think this increases Mbappe's chances of staying now? 100%, 100%.
2: Because prior to the European Championships, the reports coming out of France and the general consensus was that Kylian Mbappe is going to decide his future after the Euros and after his holiday with the one kind of mission statement to Leonardo and Nasser Al-Khalifi, the the president, was make this a team that will be favourites for the Champions League without Mm. fail. More or less. I think the exact wording was he wants to see improvements in the playing side. Because... With all due respect to some of the players there, they weren't going to win the Champions League regularly with a lot of players in that squad. Mm -hmm. So they went out and they they have improved the team. You look at that team on paper and it's all star stuff, it's FIFA ultimate team level stuff. And I think there was always the the rumbling of, he might not, you know, it might not be enough for him, which was kind of just like, what do you want? So the club have kind of just gone, okay, we'll get you arguably the best player that's ever played this game. Now what? Now, if you leave now, or you don't extend your contract now, explain that to people. So I think the rumour is, again, the noise coming out of France from a lot of respected and trusted journalists is the money isn't an object. Shock. Um, hmm. But he seems a bit more inclined to do it because why would you walk away from this team you've got now? I don't, don't get me wrong. He will play for Real Madrid one day. He has wanted to play for Real Madrid since he was a child. His hero was Cristiano Ronaldo. There's obviously that famous picture of him on his bed with Cristiano in the Real Madrid shirt around him. If you read uh, Matt Spiro's book about French football and how it's changed from 98 to now, or to just after the 2018 World Cup, rather, there is a good excerpt there on Kylian Mbappe and how he grew up. And he's had this career plan since he was a kid. I know he's still young now, but since he was like a 11, 12, he wants to be the star of Real Madrid because it's yeah. one thing to be the star at uh, Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain, but there is something different with being the star of Real Madrid. Unfortunately for him, from his personal point of view, the way that the chips have fallen and the way his career path has gone is that he's now in a situation where he is at a team that is better than Real Madrid who could beat Real Madrid and has a better chance of winning the Champions League than Real Madrid does. If he joins now, as yeah. hypothetically say, Real Madrid find however many million and buy him, is he at a better team to win the Champions League than he was at Paris Saint-Germain? I don't believe so. And I don't not think even close. I, exactly. I don't think it's, it's that for a good number of years now. I think yeah. he'll sign an extension. Again, mm-hmm. this is not based off any information. This is a pure gut feeling. I think he'll sign an extension. I think it'll be a two-year extension, and then I think he'll go. I think in the final year of that deal, he will probably be sold for as much money as possible because Messi will be gone by then. Neymar wind mm-hmm. will be winding down. He will be then in a situation that he would be at Real Madrid now. We don't know what situation Real Madrid and Spanish football is going to be, but I think if things play out as they should, he will be there. He'll sign an extension to play with these guys for the next couple of years. If they don't win the Champions League in that time, tough. How? I don't understand. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll move on, I think. But I think as of right now, if you if you were to say, right, instant answer, is Mbappe going to extend or is he going to go? I'm saying extend.
0: Pat, <clears throat> I got to ask you this, and then Tom, you could piggyback off this as well. I think the standard now... Um, for this PSG side. And I don't even mean to exaggerate at all. And I truly mean when I say this, it's actually treble or fail at this point. Um, I don't think there's any excuse to lose the league again. It's yeah. still insane that they did. Um, you got to win your domestic top. Obviously, that's not the biggest of worries, but you should win that as well. Um, and then the champions, league, something that's evaded them for, I mean, this whole time since. Uh, ownership came in uh, and they've been spending all this money the past decade or so. I mean, when is the last time we've really said that about a club that it actually is treble or fail?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, look, they're coming closer and they have made improvements to the point where they have gotten closer to winning the Champions League, you know, over the last two to three seasons, especially. However, it is similar to the kind of MSN firepower, right? Like, where you have the best trident in world football. Um, I saw a lot of people saying stuff like, you know, Messi and Neymar were better at that point. Messi might have been, but look, like, in terms of the underlying stats and how good he is, like, he's declined a little amount. (laughs) But Neymar is markedly better. And then you could argue with that Mbappe is uh superior player to Suarez even though obviously I think Suarez is one of the best to ever do it I just really really rate Mbappe that highly I just think when you have that you have the best right back along in the world the right wing back in the world alongside mm-hmm. Trent Alexander-Arnold um you have one of the best centre-backs full-time <laughs> arguably the best centre-back of full-time in Sergio ah! Ramos <clears throat> you have <laughs> I-, I would say a top five centre-back in the world in Marquinhos you have a top five, ten central midfielder in the world in Marco Verratti. You have two top ten it,
0: goalkeepers. You would say, yeah,
1: uh, t- two top ten goalkeepers in the world. <laughs> like, if you, if you add that to the fact that you know Maurizio Pochettino has gotten to a Champions League final with Spurs, you then say, okay, and again, a lot of people say he hasn't won anything, he hasn't won anything, but he is a good coach, and maybe Tom might disagree. Yeah, and yeah. will let, awesome we'll let fan, Tom I, get I, into all of that. I, I, I do think he is a very good coach. <laughs> you can't this is like the most stacked squad since the uh Real Madrid's deci yeah the decimas um and then even before that the you know peps Barca of oh eight to twelve like but but this time you've literally got the best of the best in nearly every position and it's very difficult to compete with that and look you're gonna have i think i was talking to this to to someone about this the other day like before you had a situation where Real Madrid and Barcelona were the best teams in the world, and it was the rest, right? But the rest was still very good. You had the Chelsea's, the Bayern Munich's, the Agreed. Man United's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You had this like rung of teams—about five, six, seven, eight, nine t- teams. Even Atletico, when they started winning things, that that became like the, the the challenges to that. Now I feel you have a situation where you have like PSG, Man City, uh, Chelsea. Mm. And the gap between those teams... I mean, even Bayern isn't as strong as it, well. Exactly, exactly. And, and look, you're you're talking about Bayern Munich buying players like Yassine Adli, right? Who, mm-hmm. buys his own rights, Tom Scholes will tell you that he's a very good young player in France. But he is not Romelu Lukaku, he is not Jack Grealish, he is not Lionel Messi, and he's not Harry Kane. So I feel like, and again, this is off-tangent a little bit, and Tom can maybe circle back to the original point. Now mm-hmm. we've got this kind of three super clubs, and then the gap... Between them and the rest is is massive. And look, there will be clubs like United who bridge that gap because when you have the finances to go buy Jadon Sancho, who's one of the best under-21 players in the world, and you have the finances to buy Rafael Varane, one of the best centre-backs in the world, you're going to do that a couple more times in the next transfer windows and you're going to be right up there. For hmm. now, those three are just clear for me and it's very difficult to see teams really challenging that. But Tom, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on kind of the expectations now for PSG with Messi and their team.
2: I do completely agree about the top three teams in Europe where it is basically Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester City, Chelsea, and the rest, which is mad to say because Bayern Munich are still decent. And, uh, <laughs> that's, under, that's underselling them massively. But you look at the rest of Europe and you kind of just go, Barcelona, weaker than they would have been for obvious reasons. Real Madrid, weaker than they would have been for previous seasons. Same with Juventus. I thought Inter Milan could have made a splash before they decided to self-implode for no reason this summer. Um Manchester United have got a couple of good players but largely they're a work in progress Um, and then you look at Paris Saint-Germain we'll focus on them Richard Pochettino is a good coach Um, I believe when he was at Tottenham the hierarchy at Spurs made the conscious decision to back the squad as opposed to the manager then he was sacked and it's becoming it's becoming quite clear that that was probably the wrong decision, regardless of what people think of Pochettino or Mm. Jose Mourinho or Nuno, the squad itself that he got to the Champions League final was a near miracle because they should have lost against Man City, they should have lost against Ajax and they did lose against Liverpool. But he's a team now that on paper should win the Champions League and it shouldn't even be a question. But that team is... Messy name, Iron Bappe, and vibes. That's it. There's no defensive builder. Mm. There's no protection for that back three. And as you said, let's say hypothetically, they do play a back three. Mm. Sergio Ramos is not the Sergio Ramos of old. Marquinhos is one of my favourite players. So well, he, he gets a pass. You know? sure. one of the, he's, one of, he's one of a handful of players I will never ever criticise unless they do something <laughs> very bad. He's one of them. And Kimpembe is another player that I really like. But he is, as you saw in the Euros, in the, in the Switzerland game. He's flawed he at times. A player, he's a player that for 88 minutes of a game, he can be amazing. Hmm. But for two minutes, he can cost you a game. And I think that's the worry. You look at the right-back, Hakimi, best right-back in the world, much better at a right-wing-back. You look at the midfielder, Verratti and Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum, a very good player, industrious player, but this isn't the Liverpool team. He doesn't have Henderson and Fabinho around him. He's going to have to do a lot more work in the middle. Marco Verratti will either spend half the game completely bam. bam bamboozling the opposition midfielder or he'll spend the rest of the game moaning to the referee about something a a completely innocuous challenge (laughs) and he'll end up getting sent off because that's what, that's Verratti things left back is a huge area of concern, they were linked with Teo Hernandez from AC Milan and quite rightly they don't want to sell him because he's a wonderful player but you've got Juan Bernat coming back from a lengthy layoff where it's going to take him a while to get Back into the swing of things, certainly in this team. Angel Di Maria has been rumoured to play left wing back, and I saw that. okay. That's, that's new, that's different. <laughs> that, that, that falls very much into the category of attack, attack and vibes. Um, <laughs> Mitchell Backer left. Diallo is playing as a makeshift left back. He did against Twire at the weekend. Even Kozawa, I, I don't fancy myself better than a lot of footballers, but he's on that list that I would consider to be at least more reliable. I could be more reliable in the left-back position than he is. He's quicker than I am, but God, can I time a tackle better than he can? Um, I just think there, is, there are areas of concern. It will be exciting. It will be fun to watch. But I think a team like Chelsea, who are very regimented, who are very calculated, who attack in patterns and have players who are quick, who occupy space very well, I think they can cause some problems. I think, ironically, the, the area in the pitch they've got most depth is the goalkeeper, and they haven't kind of figured out that you can only kind of play one. So <laughs> if they were to substitute Kaylor Navas and his level with a defensive midfielder instead of Daniel Pereira or Leandro Paredes, who is kind of like a Marco Verratti attitude with Eric Lamella ability... Um, and Herrera, who is a wonderful... I do like Ander Herrera, but he's not a hmm. Champions League winning player. There are holes in that team that can be exploited. And God forbid any of them players get injured or suspended because yeah. then they are, they are left in the lurch. One other point, I don't want to drag this on too much because I think, I, I think I've made myself uh, abundantly clear with how I find their chances. I don't think they should be favourites and they will be seen as favourites, but I don't think they'll win it. I think the problem that they'll have Is that if you saw, um, you guys would have seen it last year. The best performances they've had in the Champions League last season was when they were on the back foot, is when they could defend, they could sit in, and they could counter. I don't think they're going to be able to do that this year because other teams will be like, okay, you have the ball, try breakers down. I appreciate they've got Lionel Messi and not Mario Cardi this year, but it will be a huge change. From when they beat Bayern Munich, they were very much on the back foot. They sat deep, they, they let Bayern attacked them. They rode their luck a couple of times and they got through. They can't afford to do that this year. There is the expectation of not only do they have to win, but I think they have to win in style. Because you can't have Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe up front and and scrape 1-0 wins. I think there'll be the expectation of you need to beat Teams 3-4-0. I think I think the pressure and the expectation and the the standard of the teams that they'll have to meet in the latter stages of the competition will undo them, unfortunately.
0: So you heard it here first. PSG flop next season in the Champions League by Tom Scoles.
2: Uh, listen. I'll, I'll, I'll privatise my Twitter account now. Thanks, lads. <laughs>
0: Hey, it'll get you over uh, 2K. We're, we're all about thresholds here with uh, Twitter accounts, so, we'll, so we'll, get, we'll get to you there. But, That's what um, we care about. That's what no, we do the podcast for. I
2: Exactly. All we care about is the numbers.
0: Yes, numbers. Um, but I think they're all very valid points, especially on the injury front as well. Um, because if you really look at it too, their best midfielder, he could go down, whether it's a suspension or an injury, how many times a year does it really happen? Then you have to be concerned about it. Like he was lucky enough that his injury occurred at a certain time during the season that got him back in the, in time for the Euros. I mean, Marco Verratti is just one of those players that also isn't getting any younger. So I, I think it's, I think it's very valid to say that, you know, you can't totally rely on them and they don't have the greatest of depth in multiple areas. And even the Sergio Ramos point as well, Pet. like how many times did this guy get injured this past season? Mm. I I think that's cause for concern as well, and he really isn't that young at all. Um, no, he's, but, he's the opposite of
1: young, actually. Yeah, for a yeah, footballer.
0: yeah. Right. <laughs> um, on top of the minutes discussion that we talk about all the time, like the kid, the guy has been playing how many minutes for how many years now? Um, so, so yeah. Um, uh, is there anything else, Pet, that you wanted to discuss regarding PSG or? Liga no, or I'm sick know? of
1: it, mate. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: And I think it's a mean. I think it's a mean Adley, by the way, that's going to be headed to Bayern, not uh, Yassin Adley. Yassin Adley, the one who's
1: sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm
0: just saying one was linked to to Milan yesterday, so it's obvious you have been
1: confusing me. Yeah. So I just a mean Adley who is linked to Bayern. Yassin Adley who's linked to (laughs) Milan. Sorry.
0: Nice job. Get your Adleys together, idiot. There we Um, go. Got
1: my Adleys right.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah. But um. Anything else regarding that
1: before we move to our sponsor break? Not really. I mean, just historic day for football, and I think we're going to see a, a crazy last couple, you know, couple of weeks of business in 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 the world of football. Uh
0: yeah, definitely. So we'll we'll see what happens there and I think yeah, next summer as well is going to be even more insane when the Holland situation arises as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a whole other thing. But before we get into the other part of the episode, we just like to tell you guys uh about our sponsors. Before we get back to our episode, we just like to have a quick word in from our sponsors. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do you, no, fuck <clears throat> just before we resume the episode, we just want to get a word in from our sponsors. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're going in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job. From the leaders in the male grooming... Industry, join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready to take off by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 90min20. That's 90min20. And don't forget to put that code in when you go and sign up and grab your lawnmower 4.0 on top of the performance package. Let's be honest, guys, we have a lot of work to do because we've been inside. During this whole time of the pandemic, we might be staying in a little bit longer with the Delta variant coming in. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 4K LED spotlight where you can turn on and off and needed the most precise shade throughout your travels across the universe. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut chop your worst weeds up in your nose and ear areas because we know we get hair in odd fucking places so you just gotta put that shit up in there and then you'll be all right once you do that um but yeah the weed whacker is also waterproof it uses 9,000 rpm motor power 360 degree rotary dual blade system that doesn't get fancier and more space than that this nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent snicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes of yours so remember Get 20% off free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com. 90min20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com. For a clean Trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. This podcast is also brought to you in affiliation with SoRare, the global blockchain fantasy game. SoRare is a fantasy game of soccer or football where players buy, sell, and trade and manage a virtual team with digital player cards. Views our link in the bio. Buy five new cards from the primary market, both individual cards and bundles, then you get one free rare card. We know all the time, even during episodes Pet goes and tries to bid for other nft cards during this time and especially during this episode so be sure to sign up by using the link in the description of the episode as always best of luck everyone and now back to the episode
1: Now that we have finished talking about Lionel Messi's transfer to PSG, Tom, I want to pick your brains about Harry Kane. Is he staying? Is he going? What are your thoughts on the situation and what do you think will happen? and What do you think should happen in your, in your opinion as a Spurs fan?
2: It's, a, it's an interesting time, I've got to be honest, because it's been a while since we've had a player that wants to leave to go to a bigger club to win more trophies. I, I think it's been <laughs> for eight years now. Um, because at least when Kyle Walker did it, he did it with a bit of grace, um, and everybody understood it. And I, I think the problem, the problem I have with this Harry Kane thing, right, and I apologise if this sounds like a run, or a complete, like, all caps kind of thing, but nobody would have begrudged him if he came out and just said, look, I've got to go. I've got to win some things. I, I, even if it's one league title, I've got to go and do it. I think most Spurs fans would have been like, okay, point one, we get it. You're professional football You need to win something. Two, we all kind of want to leave a little bit as well, so we don't blame you. <laughs> so I think there's that kind of...
1: Apart from apart from human son.
2: Oh, apart from human son, who's got blind love and loyalties of the club, the poor man. But... <laughs> I've known, I've been a, I support Spurs, you know, 23, 24 years of my life, have been ruined by that club. You know, as you can tell by my voice, I'm so happy. But I think nobody would have regretted him if he'd gone. Nobody would have turned around and just go, how dare you? How dare you go to the best team in the country and try to win trophies when I mean, they are almost guaranteed to at least win one league cup, which is more than you've won at your time at Tottenham. You know, I think most people would have been like, that's fine, mate go do your thing. That's what happened with Teddy Sheringham all those years ago. And that's fine. But when he doesn't turn up for training and when there's that whole kind of silence of what's going on, has he refused? Is it, does he not refuse? He's just on extended holiday. Why are the clubs saying they're going to find him? Why is he coming back now? Why is he released this statement saying that he never intended to, or he never ever would refuse to train But he released it on a Friday when he could have done it on a Monday, unless he's that bad at Photoshop that the graphic took four days to make. I just there's all these kind of like things that are going around, and it's left Spurs fans with a lot of confusion, a lot of kind of like dismissiveness toward Kane because I I don't think he'll go because I don't Mm. see Daniel Levy budging from it now, especially now. If Kane had done it in a kind of different way. I think Levy might have been able to have been softened up. I think he might have been like, Okay, we'll take 120000000 million. You've not caused a fuss. You've allowed us to buy a couple more players with secret money that we knew we were going to get from you, which don't tell anyone. But now because of how it's gone down, and now because I think Levy will feel the club has been embarrassed, I think he'll dig his heels in. I don't think he'll go. And to be perfectly honest, I think the way that Man City have reacted around it, they haven't exactly acted like they're desperate for him. Mm-hmm. They haven't kind of like, the first bid was, I think we're at 100 million or 60 million plus a player. And if I'm Harry Kane, I'm looking at that and just going, is that what will you value me at? Mm-hmm. I'm the league's top goal scorer. And I'm creating the most assists last season. And you value me at the same as Jack Grealish. Or even, the you are two Ben Whites to us. And I know that's a bit of a facetious way of looking at it, but he should have that arrogance of, no, if you want me, you break the transfer record, the British transfer record to get me. Unless he's that desperate to to get out of it, and he he couldn't care less. But if, from a personal point of view, I'd look at it and just go, on one hand, I'd sell him and cash in, because Hmm. if he doesn't want to be there, what's the point? On the other hand, i remember all too well what we did with the bail money, and I'm terrified (laughs) that it will happen again. So I'm like, if it was another club, cash in and rebuild, because it's supposed it can't be that simple.
0: You're saying you don't uh, trust uh, Patatici at all?
2: <laughs> no. No, I
0: don't trust, <laughs> mate. Nah, well, I, I'm joking because I always uh, harp on <laughs> a guy because, you know, sells Romero for 16 million euros at Juventus and then goes and drops all that money. there. I I agree with you on all that front. And I, I've told Pet this, and Pet, but Pet thinks Harry Kane Lee. I think you're 100% right. I think if you just simply think about Daniel Levy in this situation, because at the end of the day, it's truly him who decides this, right? Because we all know Harry Kane wants to go. That's not something that's uh, a secret here. If Daniel Levy does not want to sell Harry Kane, Harry Kane will not be sold. And I don't think that's going to be the case. And if that's going to happen, then it's going to be for an astronomical fee. And that's not going to happen either. So, I don't see how this happens this summer. But why, especially why isn't
1: that going to happen for an extra? Like, okay, hear me out, right? Mm-hmm. City have just spent £100 million. They have, sure. one, they have unlimited amounts of money. Sure. Two, they're about to make £100 million throughout this transfer window by selling players that they don't even play, that aren't even in the city squad. So, we're talking. Um, you know the likes of Angelino who have been on a loan for a couple of years, and now they go for a 16 million pound tra- permanent transfer. There's a few players like that that City have on their books who they're going to shift for about 100 million pounds. So that will bring their 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 spend to about zero. Sure, right. If you have to, you sell a Bernardo Silva type player. Who's buying? But him? Even if you don't. Who would who would fetch you what like forty forty five maybe fifty million pounds in this market? I don't know how many clubs are going to be able to spend that. Sure, but like you might be able to get forty million pounds from like a Bayern Munich, right? Or someone? Or Atleti have been linked. Like these clubs are being linked with big moves to, you know, Latara Martinez, Duzan Vlaovic. So they have money, right? So, or even if Spurs or an Arsenal, I think that if Kane indicates. Like, look, if you put the money down, I want to go. And I think by reading between the lines and and seeing what's happened in pre-season, he kind of has indicated that, and it's maybe not gone too well. I think City will (laughs) make a bid. I really don't think City will sit there, add Jack Grealish to their roster, and let Sergio Aguero go for free, and see Chelsea, who beat them in the final, add Lukaku. See United add Sancho and Varane. Mm Mm-hmm. See, Liverpool come back with the uh, you know best player Everybody. Virgil van Dijk, and and everyone's back from injury. Um, I I really don't think they will just sit there and stand still. I, I can't see it happening. And look, it might not be, it might not be Harry Kane. I just think it's not the end of City's transfer window. I can't see them going into this. Can you see can, Like I don't know, Tom. Can you see them going into this season with just Gabriel Jesus? Like he's one of the he's one of the names mooted to maybe leave if Harry Kane comes in, but I just I really I feel like from Levy's standpoint he's kind of thinking, Look, I don't want to sell, but I would sell for X money. And maybe X money is 125, maybe it's 130, maybe it's 140. But the fact of the matter is, Spurs aren't coming top four this season. Right? There there is like, you know, I'll give you a thousand to one odds on it, it's not gonna happen, considering the teams above them. They might come fifth, they might come seventh, they are not going to come fourth. If you think about this, next season Harry Kane has two years left on his deal. How much is someone going to pay for a 29-year-old Harry Kane with two years left who has got really bad ankles? Levy must be looking at that and saying, I'm either going to sell him this season, this summer, when it's peak hysteria, Ben White's gone for 50000000 million. Greedish's gone for 100. Messi's just gone to PSG and X, Y and Z. This is the summer that I can get 125, 30, 40 million for him because next season, I can guarantee it. No one is paying the hundred million mark or or there or thereabouts. Like it's going to be a lot tougher to sell him at 29 years of age and two years left on his deal. And maybe he gets another injury, right? Can Levy really leave, leave that money on the table? Because there's been a lot of people talking about how like Harland isn't leaving this summer, and it would have taken 150 million pounds to take him away. And I get the maths behind that because if you sell him for 75 million euros next season, Mm -hmm. but you get Champions League this season and he gets you into the knockout stages, he's recouped, like, what, 50, 60 million euros alone for that, right? But the issue is Kane is playing in the Europa Conference. He's not going to make... He's not going to get Spurs into the Champions League. Unless Spurs go out, sign Lautaro Martinez, a really good centre-back and a really good central midfielder, I really don't see a situation where they get fourth. So... From a business standpoint, like and an on pitch sp- sp- perspective, the best f- Spurs finish with or without Kane is fifth. The worst is what seventh again, maybe eighth. I, I just yeah, like I just I don't see it. I just don't see it being the the smartest thing he's ever done. But again, you know, it's it's Daniel Levy. He's but that's it. That's um, that's, that's where you go back.
0: Past, right? That's where you have to always go back to is that it's Daniel Levy. It's not to say that everything you just said is wrong. I think every point is valid. But its is it about football and finances at this point? Or is Daniel Levy trying to make a point? That's what I'm worried about if I were
2: to be a Spurs fan like Tom. Tom, what is your I ultimate? Think, you know? I think when Daniel Levy's involved, mm-hmm. I think when Daniel Levy's involved, because he's a businessman and because of how he's dealt with issues in the past, or I say issues, when he's dealt with transfers in the past, the money has always been front and center. Because if it wasn't, he wouldn't be doing his job. Mm. But I just think that I, – I don't know why. I just think this is different because he might still sell him. And and you're right when you say he has a price because, like any businessman, everybody has a price, as mm-hmm. the great Ted DiBiase once said. Yeah. You no? Know? Mm-hmm. I think there's something about it where I think Spurs are kind of like, give us $150 million. He's worth that to us, blah, blah, blah. But then I think at the back of City's mind, they're probably looking at it going, Harland's available next summer. He's much younger. And for all the reasons that you listed, Kane's 29 next year, two years left on his deal, glass ankles. He's one bad injury away from being done, in my opinion. Harland <laughs> has the world in front of him. Do you spend 120 to 150 million now on Harry Kane for two years? three years maximum or do you just ride it out it's a risky strategy and I wouldn't advise it but I'm not Pep Guardiola despite what my football manager seemingly says I think do you ride it out with Gabriel Jesus and the world's large collection of attacking midfielders <laughs> or do you kind of go right Kane this summer Harlem to United and then hope for the best. I don't think they'll do that. I think City want Harland because he's the next big thing. And at the price he's released clauses next summer, I think it's indicated that Chelsea have kind of given up on it because they're invested into Lukaku now. Yeah, Manchester yeah. United have clearly got a spot available because Cavani, as much as I adore him, he's not going to be around forever. Greenwood, he's not going to take it. He might do. I think Greenwood's a good player, but he's not Harland. City don't even... They have Gabriel Jesus, who, like you said, is touted to leave. So I think I, I, there's part of me that just thinks they're looking at Kane and kind of going, if we can get him, we can get him. If we don't get him, make Haaland the priority next year, and they start working on him now. But, but isn't the think,
1: issue, Tom, that when you're going to try and find sign Haaland... You're going to be competing with United, Barca. What? Well, maybe not Barca. Madrid. No, Madrid. Yeah. Like, 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 like the whole summer is shaping up for, you know, a, a big summer spend for for Madrid next. It's next it's
0: commissions to Raiola and and the highest wages
1: offered, right? Because that's what know, it is. And and you've got mm. the United historical better relationship with Mina Raiola. Like, I just. Yeah, I just I just think it's it's just a, a very risky thing for to do if you're City, to go into the season with only Jack Grealish. I think that'd be an amazing summer for most standards, right? If you can only bring one player in and it's Jack Grealish because I rate him really mm. highly. If you look around on what Chelsea have done and what United have done, I really think that they need to do more. And I think for Spurs, it's the perfect opportunity to sell. And it's the perfect opportunity to, and again, I'd love to buy him as an Arsenal fan, but you've got to do Zan Vlahovic out there. You've got a Lautaro Martinez out there, a Tammy Abraham that wants out. There are loads of kind of young and -and up-and-coming strikers that could be a good fit for Spurs in this kind of transition here. Is there much point in in harbouring this £150 million depreciating asset who's worth £50 million less in a season where you're not going to really do anything? I just, it's a bit strange to me. But anyway, you're the the Spurs fan and uh, (laughs) hopefully I'm wrong for your sake. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I think I think he'll stay, but I think you do make a point, and I think you are right when you kind of look at it in like kind of look at it and just think: is there a better time to get rid of him? I say get rid of him. That sounds quite harsh. Is there a better time to sell him and let him win loads of trophies elsewhere? Ugh. Um, <laughs> I think I there's think probably the best time now because you've listed a lot of names. I would quite like to see there, yeah. and there is a lot of talent that is around that. I think they, they've linked with Martinez. I think that was a bit up in the air. But I think it's not the end of the world if Harry Kane leaves Tottenham. If anything, it might bring the best out of a lot of other players. And there's a lot of decent players attacking-wise at that club. And that yeah. money could be used for good purposes.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll end up seeing what's happening. But I'll say this one last point on City. All I got to say is if Pep Guardiola is the best manager in the world, you would think with the amount of squad depth that they had that he should be able to figure out how to score goals despite only having one true striker right now, right? That's all I have to say. So if there was one season that he would have to probably try and manage this as best he could, maybe he can just hold off for another year and, and see what he could do heading into next summer. Because I think, I do think the league's a little bit more wide open than some think as of today. I don't, I don't think it's City head and shoulders above everyone else. I, I don't think that's the case, but that's just me. Um, yeah, that, that should probably actually uh, wrap up the episode, right? Oh, uh, real quick, thoughts on Tammy Abraham and Ch- Chelsea. Chelsea and Roma have agreed to a fee, apparently.
1: So. Apparently, according to Tom's employers, uh, Arsenal have agreed personal terms. So it's going to be an interesting one. To see. Oh yeah, that's um, fun. Yeah. So yeah, um, Tom. I mean, final question: like any interesting things you saw for the? I mean, we were going to talk about the first round of game uh, fixtures in France um, that have just gone by because it's the first big lead to come back. Any points of interest for you? Any anything that really made you perk perk up and watch?
2: Uh, Marseille. I'll tell you this now for nothing. Whilst Marseille, sorry, whilst Messi and Paris Saint-Germain will be the team to watch this summer, this season rather, the one team that I would keep an eye out on is Marseille because they've got Jorge San they've got Dimitri Payet, who actually looks motivated this season. They've got a couple of good young players. Um, as much as I don't rate Matteo Guenduzi, he seems to be the perfect fit for that team. And um, mouthing off at Montpellier fans who are throwing bottles at you is a is a very good way to adhere yourself to the to the fans. But they were it was an exciting game against Montpellier, I thought to fight back from 2-0 down, to win the game 3-2, especially when the referee decided to go inside for a bit in the 89th minute and nearly called the game off. I think it was a lot of fun. I think they were a good team to watch, and I think they're, they'll be, they won't win the league, but they'll be good. They'll be a fun team to watch, and they might They might cause some problems to a couple of teams in Europe next season. I think Lille as well. They are a team that they drew 3 all with Mets at the weekend they came down, that they came back from behind to get a point in early, the immovable, irresistible, timeless Burak Yulman's got the equaliser. I think a lot of teams have written Lil off a little bit because they've sold uh, my nan, not mine, that sounds hot. Oh, hang on, let me just rephrase it because they haven't sold my grandmother. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> she, As far as I'm aware, she's not in goal from AC Milan. Um <laughs> A lot of people are writing lil off this season, perhaps mm. wrongly, because they've, they've sold a handful of players. And I think, whilst, yes, losing Sumare to Leicester is a, is a big issue, they've still got some decent players in that team. Renato Sanchez is linked with a move to Liverpool, yeah. but as it stands, he's still there. Yilmaz is still... Scott Jonathan David, like... Jonathan David is a wonderful player. Bamba's a wonderful player. Um, Sven Bottmann. Jonathan Iconi. See, they've got talent. Um, they've got talent, they just need to harness it in the right way, I think losing Christoph Gaultier to Ni- Nice is a mm-hmm. loss for Lille but a positive for Nice it's a, it's a nice appointment for Nice and um, no, I think there'll be I think there'll be a lot of teams that are fun to watch Monaco as well under Niko Kovac they've got some players and FIFA ultimate team legend ben Benjeda is still in the team so,
1: <laughs> and of course a lot you've of got P- Peter Boz at, uh, at um, Lyon as at well Leon. so that'll be interesting yeah. to watch
2: They've got some players there. They're selling. Juninho is, is is decided to sell. every left back in the team for some reason, so they'll be fun to they'll be fun to keep an eye on. But um, you know, I think there's the Marseille will be the ones to watch outside of Paris Saint Germain this season. Awesome. Hmm.
1: Well, Tom, it's been a pleasure having you, mate. Where can people find out more about you? So uh,
2: you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Tom Scholes. S C H O L E S. A lot like of people mispronounce Yes, just like the footballer. Um I do I do trend. Whenever Skulls has said something, you click on that and I am there. I am the first person <laughs> that pops up. Fantastic. Um, that's where you find me. Or you can listen to Talk Sport. I'm not on it, but it keeps me in a job. <laughs> Brilliant. It's... Brilliant. Hey, you can go
1: plug yourself. You can find me at pepperisha p-e-t-b-e-r-i-s-h-a on twitter
0: yeah and you can follow me at martino Puccio on twitter um tom we really appreciate you coming on um very funny i might add by the way um really really appreciate all the information um we're probably gonna i'm gonna probably gonna have to get you on the milan reports podcast that i do with uh, matt santangelo because we need some help with uh the adley uh fella that pet botched so um so, so we'll have to so we'll have to get to that um other than that uh you guys could listen to some walking